0: And speaking of spiciness, Adam, we have a sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is HelloFresh.
1: Get it like the food? (laughs) Get it like the food?
0: up nerds it's basketball welcome to horse a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses my name is mike schubert and i am joined by my trusted co-host the bulls going 1-0 and on pace to go 82-0 to the knicks going 1-0 and being on pace to go 82-0 it's adam O'Mawala. adam how's it going
1: it's going pretty great uh because i honestly think both teams are going to finish undefeated i think when they play each other They'll just have a gentleman's game. They'll shake hands. They'll end in a tie so that they can both continue to be undefeated.
0: And they'll end the season 80-0-2. Perfect. I think that can work. I th- I think it can, too. I think it would be wonderful. I do think they usually play three times a year, though, so it might be a little tricky. 79-0-3. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yes, obviously, the the Knicks and the Bulls both won their season openers. We were recording this the day after on October 21st. We're both very excited. The Knicks did it in very dramatic fashion. It was a Mm -hmm. double overtime game against the Celtics. My heart was quite uh, going through quite a lot, but I'm very happy with the ultimate result. Was your game a little less stressful?
1: Not really. Uh, The Bulls played a pretty bad Pistons team without future superstar, Cade Cunningham, and still only won by six points and were trailing deep into the fourth quarter. So after Mm. what was a very encouraging preseason where the Bulls were blowing teams out by 40 points, which I know it's the preseason, but still it was exciting. A 94-88 victory over the Pistons was not exactly... i had expected on opening night but nonetheless uh it's always good to win a game zach levine balled out and for our patrons who will actually be hearing a special overtime that went way longer than we had planned but was super fun where shoobs and i broke down our fantasy draft the fantasy players that i had involved in your beloved knicks game not so great for me i had derek rose who was like two for 11 and then i have jason tatum who i think shot like 7 of 28 from the floor not great for me
0: Much to my delight was the Boston Celtics players not playing particularly well. Unfortunately, it happened to be the ones that were on your fantasy team. But yeah, a lot of fun stuff happening. Before we talk about all that fun stuff, let's get prepared to discuss the fun stuff. And that's why we will be going to the Teal Memorial Locker Room. Shout out to Teal, who wore a horse shirt to a disc golf tournament recently. Nice. We've had horse jerseys worn to disc golf. We've had them worn to vaccinations. Mm -hmm. All sorts of places. Yes. Teal's was our sup nerds. It's basketball shirt. Polly Burridge wore a horse jersey, which is perfect because it's sleeveless, to a vaccination shot so whether you want to get the merch from the merch store or from the patreon there's good stuff going and you should wear it out in public and shout out to the folks who do and speaking of shout outs to folks you know who deserves a shout out right now
1: you know, I have a feeling it's our new patrons, and one new patron in particular, because we have a new producer-level patron.
0: Yes. So first, shout out to Landon Crawford and Samantha Marcourt. Samantha, if we messed up your last name, please let us know, and we will retake it. Thank you both for your support. And a huge shout out to our newest producer-level patron, T. Santiago, who will be known henceforth as Breezus. I don't know if that's a reference to anything, but uh, it is. it is.
1: It is. I had a conversation with T. Santiago, and Breezes is a reference to it. In their opinion, the best quarterback of all time, Drew
0: Brees. Yeah, little football reference for all the ding, folks ding, 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 dying <laughs> dying to hear us talk about that since we never talk about that sport, because I think it's bad. <laughs> but of course, we want to thank our existing wonderful team of producer level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Harwick, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Shubido Budu, Godzilla Got Busy, Steph Curry for three. Bang! He sells Seashells, LaRon James, Matt Barker, NBA legend, Robert Zachary, No Jazz, No Pizza, Eileen Gazesh, Avatar Kiyoshi, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Anna Borgeli, Mitch Chrysler. Bang! Bang men can jump. Jimmy Butler for two. Long suffering Timberwolves fan. Roast beef debris. Christ Paul. Kade the Conqueror. Basketball is life too. Michaela loves Allison. Ginger Spurs boy. Denver steamed nuggets. And now, Breezes.
1: Love it. And I got to tell you, I think long suffering Timberwolves fan might be suffering a bit less this year.
0: Carl Anthony Towns played very well. He's on my team. Anthony Edwards played very well. He's on your team. Look at it go. I don't
1: think I have Anthony Edwards this year. I think that was. Oh,
0: you team. don't. You had him last <laughs> year. Sorry, sorry. I thought you also snagged him. Did you see that swaggy clip I sent you though? Yeah, I mean, he he hit a three and then informed the Houston Rockets that they should call a timeout because he was too it. hot. And then a reporter asked him about it after the game, and he said, yes, I told them to call the timeout. I was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I like Anthony Edwards a lot. He's fun. He's I, I've done a big 180 on him. I, I was not a big fan at the beginning, but now I'm growing to like him more. I like his spiciness. And speaking of spiciness, Adam, we have a sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is HelloFresh. Get it like the food. (laughs) Get it like the food. And speaking of spiciness, Adam, we have a sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit service. They offer 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week, from vegetarian meals to calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. So there's something for everyone, and they offer the flexibility that you need. You can easily customize your order on the app within minutes. You can change your delivery day, your food preferences, your plan size, or you can skip a week whenever you need to. The flexibility is nice so is the food. Recently, I was home in Texas, hanging out with my parents and Kelly before a wedding that we were attending later in the week, and I did not have a HelloFresh box on me, but we made one of the recipes from the past that was very easy and very tasty. We made a bibimbap bowl, and it was so good, and I'm so glad that HelloFresh had sent me that box before, and I'd cooked it before because I knew what I was doing, and now I had that recipe knowledge. I bestowed it upon my parents, and they loved it.
1: I'm sure they did. It's an excellent recipe. It comes from an excellent box of excellent food uh, that you should avail yourself of And you can use our promo code to get yourself some free meals.
0: Yes, Adam is correct. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash 14horse and use code 14horse for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 14horse and use the code 14horse for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. See if they've got the bibimbap bowls or try something else. They've got a whole bunch of food and you can get it right now. And if you use our code, you'll get some free food. What's not to love? Nothing. Exactly. And finally, we want to thank Multitude for having us as a part of the collective. There's a whole bunch of fun podcasts that Multitude makes and helps make. And one of the shows that they produced is a show that Adam and I worked on together. It's a little show called Modern Muckraker. It is a scripted Limited run show, we had a four-episode season. It's a comedic investigative journalism show where I play a character who is fully convinced he's completing the world's most important research by doing deep dives into questions that are hyper-specific, and though we treat it as if they are serious, the questions are things along the lines of, is the budget of East High School from High School Musical realistic for a public school in Albuquerque, New Mexico? There's also one asking, when should Spider-Man take the subway instead of web-swinging? And Adam served as the writer for that episode. So, it's a very fun time.
1: It is a very fun time. We had a ton of fun writing this episode. An immense amount of work has gone into putting Modern Ricker together, and I give it my full endorsement. I genuinely think it is awesome i've listened to both episodes that are out by the time you are listening to this a third episode will be out regarding how many ihop pancakes can be consumed over the course of 24 hours on free national pancake day gotta listen to it
0: it's good stuff if you want to listen to it just search modern muckraker wherever you get your podcasts or go to modernmuck.com and now with that complete we can get into full core press get it like the news Mm mm-hmm so there's a whole bunch of news. We are going to cover a lot of it in what we have planned for this episode. But before we get into NBA stuff, the WNBA finals completed. And you know who won? Your beloved Chicago Sky. Candace Parker
1: did what she said. It was a real LeBron, like, I'm coming home. I'm going to get the ship. And that is exactly what she did. And she was very emotional and rightfully so.
0: Yes. The Chicago Sky won their first ever WNBA championship. They were the first six seed to ever do it. It was a dramatic way. They didn't get any buys. They were in in the first round, which was single elimination. They won the second round, which was also single elimination. I misspoke about the playoffs. I thought they did one, three, five, seven. They actually do one, one, five, five. So oops, past Mike. But they won two single elimination games in round one and round two. Then they won the best of five series against the number one seeded Connecticut Sun, who were absolutely unbeatable during the season. They beat them three to one, and then they made it to the finals against the Phoenix Mercury, and they beat them three to one as well. The whole playoffs were wild, and the Chicago run in particular was historic.
1: Absolutely. And I got to tell you, if you are a fan of basketball teams finishing second, boy, is Phoenix the city for you. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. But to even get to the finals, they had to upset a very stacked Las Vegas Aces team while dealing with injuries. That game five between the Mercury and the Aces was intense. I watched the whole thing start to finish. It was fantastic. Diana Tarossi balled out. She must have heard our episode of Horse, where I said that you could maybe consider Sue Bird to be as good as her, because uh she was took quite offense to that. And as I did a bit more of a deep dive into her earlier career, because I had I haven't been following the WNBA since she started. Um, She's far and away the GOAT. It's not even a debate. So apologies again (laughs) for even entertaining the idea that uh, Sue Bird could maybe be considered on the same plane because DT is just above and beyond. The only thing is that the Storm have won more championships. But... Diana Trossi played out of her mind. Brittany Griner was absolutely unstoppable as well. And it was such a good game. It was close 87-84 to even get to the finals. But then, yes, the the Chicago Sky played quite well in the finals. But it was, I mean, it was good. But that uh, fourth
1: game, I mean, they were trailing yes. most of the game and then mm-hmm. just turned it on at the end. So it looked for a long time like it was going to go to a fifth and deciding game, which I'm sure would have been fun to watch. But I have mm-hmm. to say, as somebody who follows the WNBA a lot more casually than you do, in watching that game Brittany Griner is more impressive than I realize. like I feel like the narrative mm-hmm. with Brittany Griner has always just been how tall she is without really giving due credit to how skilled she is as a basketball player it reminds me a little bit of like when people think of Yao Ming and they're like oh he's just so big of course he right. couldn't be stopped it's like no very good touch very good finesse game just an extremely skilled player and i was very impressed watching Brittany grinder but yeah i mean when candace parker hit that three at the end of the game that was
0: awesome yes it was loud yeah i mean the sky really had to put a big run together to win it they were losing by seven with four minutes and 42 seconds left which is not a lot of time to overcome a seven point deficit but then they scored nine points straight to get a two-point lead and then ended up winning the game 80 to 74. And shout out to Kalia Copper, who was named Finals MVP. So good stuff all around. Great post-celebration moments from Candace Parker as she was very emotional. Her daughter came up and they embraced and it was just a, a wonderful time in Chicago. Very happy for Candace Parker. What a story. I do feel bad for Phoenix, but I would hope that the Mercury could get back there next year. Their team was very, very solid. Clearly adding Skylar Diggins-Smith into the mix was a smart play And I feel like they will be formidable for years to come, as long as Diana Taurasi wants to play basketball. And also shout out to Diana Taurasi and her partner for having another kid. Good stuff. So that covers the WNBA stuff. I will be very patiently waiting and by patiently I mean impatiently for the next season so that my storm can avenge the lost season and try to win <laughs> it again but lots of stuff is happening in the NBA the season just started we will be celebrating it in the only way that we know here at horse which is to talk about the drama and we're going to do that in another one of our annual drama drafts before we get into the specifics at the top let's just talk about the biggest news items which is one Kyrie Irving decided I'm not going to get vaccinated and the Nets decided oh Okay, you're not gonna play any games. According to the rules, he just wasn't allowed to play home games because New York City, rightfully and smartly so, said that if you're not vaccinated, you can't be a part of public indoor activities. So he couldn't do the home games. There was the thought he would legally be allowed to do the away games unless they were playing teams in Los Angeles or San Francisco. But the Nets decided no, if you're a part time player, you're a no time player. You're either all in or you're not, so you're not gonna play. He's still going to get paid for that half of a season. So the Nets aren't allowed to not pay him for them deciding you're not going to play with us on these away games. So he's still making about $17 million to not do anything which is frustrating for sure. But he also went on Instagram Live to try to act like he was trying to be a voice for the voiceless, except he's never spoken up about it. And he was trying to say he's not anti-vaccine. He's anti-vaccine mandate, which is it seems like a load of crap. And then also he said, you got to think about it. You got to open your eyes. People are losing jobs over this mandate. Um, to which I said from the Horse Twitter account, you got to open your eyes. People are losing their lives to this pandemic. So Kyrie, it's a, it's a tough look. I don't know what's going to go on with the Nets. It's very frustrating, but I like that they said no way. And I also like that Charles Barkley is consistently dunking all over Kyrie Irving.
1: <laughs> what What's the latest from Barkley?
0: He just, again, was saying very astutely that getting vaccinated is more than just about protecting yourself. It's about protecting others. The biggest thing he did, and I retweeted this from the Horse Twitter account, so You can see it. Kenny Smith was trying to give a bit of a pro Kyrie, not super pro Kyrie, but at least the closest you can get without sounding like a complete wild person, which is saying, you know, he's making his own decision, whatever, which but. There was a zoom in on Charles Barkley's face and he just looked so disgusted. Like he is so over it. Chuck and a lot of other NBA players from the past are speaking up about how it's selfish. Magic Johnson chimed in saying it was selfish. Jordan. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has been there. Jordan, lots of players. So I'm glad that the overwhelming message is go get vaccinated. That's Mm -hmm. lovely to hear. And unfortunately, Kyrie Irving is uh, not on that train. I hope he does. As much as I hate the Nets and don't want them to play well, I want him to get vaccinated. It would be good for the world. Mm -hmm. And good for the NBA. Yes, it would be very nice. But alas, he's not. And then the other big elephant in the room is Ben Simmons-shaped So, uh, where we last left our hero is that he wasn't going to Sixers stuff, but then the Sixers weren't paying him money and he was losing a lot of it, so then he decided, fine, I will report to practice, but... He reported to practice and then just didn't really do much. He was going through the motions. There was a video of him being in the middle of a practice and participating in air quotes, but having his phone in his pocket the whole time, which is uh, not ideal for athletic performance. Maybe he was trying to get his (laughs) steps, but not a good look there. And then apparently he got thrown out of a practice because Doc Rivers wanted him to do a defensive drill and he said, I don't want to do it. And he refused multiple times. So Doc Rivers said, "Okay, just go home. He Ted Lasso'd him. Yeah, pretty much. So... He was then suspended because he was not doing anything in practice, so he wasn't getting paid for that either. I don't know if he's gotten paid anything yet, but now he's at the point where he's pretending to have an injured back. He says he has back tightness, which doesn't feel like a legitimate excuse. and Maybe it is, but if you're not playing basketball for a while, I don't know how you get that. Um, but, yep, that's Ben Simmons. Yay, fun. And rest assured that both Simmons
1: and... Kyrie Irving will come up again in the drama draft, because how could they not? How could they not?
0: But the final note, a happy note to end on, uh, happy if you're anyone not named Ben Simmons or someone who likes Ben Simmons at this point, which, oof, tough if you do. Joel Embiid has been absolutely eviscerating Ben Simmons in press conferences on media day. People asked him about Ben Simmons, who was not there. He was not in attendance. Joel was saying that if Ben comes to the team, this was before he was grumpy boy at practice. He was saying if Ben came, that would be nice. We've all seen the Instagram videos. We could use his shooting. Poking fun <laughs> oh at how Ben God. Simmons always posts summer workout videos of him shooting. And then the season starts and he never shoots from closer than the layup range. So a great dig there. And then after this recent set of grumpiness at practice, They asked Joel Embiid about Ben and how he feels about it. And Joel said he does not care about that man. And he said, I'm not paid or we're not paid to babysit. (laughs) He's not wrong. He's not wrong. They're there to win games and play basketball. We're not not here to babysit someone. So uh, I like that Joel Embiid has gotten to a point where he doesn't have to pretend to kind of like Ben Simmons because they've never seemed to get along. Now he just can be very public in his dislike for this grumpy boy. And I think we're all better off for it. So with these drama things complete, we end full court press, get it like the news, and we get into what will take up the remainder of this episode of Force. And that is us doing the 2021-2022 NBA Drama Draft. Now, how this is going to work is Adam and I will go back and forth trying to draft which teams we think will be the most dramatic over the course of this year. Anything can spark this. There's no right answer or wrong answer for why you think a team might be dramatic. We will explain it. We'll go through all 30 teams. We haven't decided who's going to go first. Do we want to do an old classic rock, paper, scissors? Do we want to base it on the fact that my fantasy team is doing better than your fantasy team after two days of the NBA? Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) i feel like rock paper scissors is probably more fair do we want to try to fight off on the skype lag and make it happen
1: yeah let's try to do it via internet ready
0: yes rock Rock, paper paper, scissors scissors, shoot shoot. oh we both went scissors let's try it again rock Rock, paper paper, scissors scissors, shoot. shoot Oh, you've defeated me. I have paper, you have scissors. You get the first pick in the drama draft.
1: All right. With the first pick in the drama draft, a very non-dramatic choice, the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Wow. I feel like there are two obvious choices that we kind of just discussed. Uh, I picked one. I assume you'll pick the other, but perhaps not. For every reason that we just discussed three minutes ago, the Brooklyn Nets are fraught with drama because it is completely unclear as we record this on the third day of the NBA season, whether or not Kyrie Irving will play a game this year. Uh, If he does, will it be for the Nets? Is that because he has changed his mind about getting vaccinated? Is that because there has been some sort of change in the protocols in New York, which I think you and I both hope does not happen? Is it because he gets traded to some other team where there are not such stringent rules? And if that's the case, how does that team and how does that fan base embrace him? So I feel like what should have been for the Nets a very exciting season to go into with three of the best players in the world on the court at the same time, almost certainly the odds on favorites to win the title, even though the Bucks won and even though there are a lot of other good teams. Uh, instead they are dealing with this and I I feel like they're kind of for
0: me the obvious number one pick yeah you are exactly right here I think it's very clear it's going to be one two in the most drama of Nets Sixers and I think what you pointed out the difference with the Nets is that they are presumed to be the title favorites whereas the Sixers are presumed to be very good Mm -hmm. and in contention but not necessarily the winners so I think it makes sense and yeah my my pick here since you have taken the Nets I will take the Sixers solely because of all the Ben Simmons drama there's other stuff around it when you have high expectations and there's other concerns, but really it just comes down to what happens with all of that. Do they end up trading him? When do they do so? If they do, are they able to get a good trade? What's going to happen there? So yeah, I think it's pretty clear why the Sixers are going to be uh, quite dramatic.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, those were to me the the most obvious one and two picks in some order for my second pick, the number three overall pick of the drama draft, I am going to go with the Los Angeles
0: Lakers. Oh, they were also my number three. Look at us. There you go. There
1: you go. I mean, I feel like the Lakers are always ripe for some sort of drama. There are so many expectations. Any team with LeBron always has uh, a bit of drama. But given how disappointing they were last year uh, after winning the title in the bubble... The narrative I think this year is going to be a lot of what we've heard leading up to the season, which is like, is this team too old? They have added Carmelo. They now have Dwight Howard. They have Rondo again. And the question is like, is is LeBron happy? At any given moment, that's the question. Is LeBron happy? Are we doing load management with him? Last year was the first time in a very long time that we've seen him have any sort of significant injury, which obviously costs the Lakers a lot. And do they start to fall apart if they come out of the gate flat? Um, They've only played one game so far. They lost to the Warriors, who are also a very interesting team. Yeah, I I think the Lakers are always going to be filled with drama. And, and I think perhaps the biggest question is how much do they miss Alex Caruso? Because I got to tell you, he might be one of the best players in the
0: league from what I can see. He did have a very spicy preseason with the Bulls, big dunks, good stuff. The other thing you didn't mention, Russell Westbrooks on the Lakers. And uh, after right. that first game where he shot quite poorly, there were a lot of Laker fans that were very upset. They were calling him Russell West Brick, which I don't appreciate as a big Russ fan. So how have I never heard that before? I don't know, because you're a good person that likes Russell Westbrook. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that will just have so much drama of you do all this trading to do this big move to get Russ. And then if it doesn't work out, that's that's a big swing. And if that doesn't work, it's going to be dramatic.
1: Well, and you know what? It could also be kind of the modern version for our uh, perhaps older horse fans, older meaning like our age (laughs) Um, for anyone who remembers the Lakers super team in the very, very early days of that when the Shaq and Kobe Lakers acquired uh carl malone at the end of his career gary payton and they put together this supposed super team who ended up losing to the pistons in a big upset in the finals um the year that preceded the infamous brawl and i think this could be like that like if, if you have a team regardless of where they're at in their careers that has russell westbrook lebron james anthony davis carmelo anthony dwight howard rajon rondo not to mention the other players they have there and you don't win a championship, it's a disappointment. This this is like mm-hmm. a championship or bust team for sure. And it's also a team where it's like, if they don't do it this year, you're not going to have these same guys next year.
0: Right, for sure. So I agree with uh, your reasoning there. So for number four, I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers mm. because... The Damian Lillard situation is going to have a lot of drama. He wants the team to be good, and if they aren't, he might want to force a trade out of there. And they have not had as much success as they would have liked to have had in recent years. And they also didn't really do much in the offseason. Like, they added Cody Zeller and... Larry Nance Jr. and just brought some guys back. And that's kind of it. Yeah, they had all of the debacle as well with Chauncey Billups, even his off court past decisions aside. Just when you have a new coach, if the coach isn't good after you've signed them to a four year contract, that's always stuff that can rustle the feathers of fans. So I think there's a lot of different ways that the Blazers could become very vociferous to use a Clydeism. It could be a lot going on there. And if Dame forces his way out, that would just be heartbreaking to the city of Portland and Mm -hmm. inherently would come along with a lot of drama, especially if it gets to be a long, drawn out, get me out of here process.
1: But I'll tell you what, it would not be heartbreaking for my fantasy team, which features CJ McCollum, who already had a great game and whose numbers would only go up if Lillard gets traded.
0: That's very true.
1: So with my next pick, I am going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. Not sure how high they were up on
0: your board, but here's my reasoning, right? I had them on nine, so this isn't too far off.
1: Okay, so obviously they would have been even higher on my list had Andrew Wiggins not gotten vaccinated. He did get vaccinated. He's now playing with the team. But this is a team for me that could finish like fourth or could miss the playoffs Like, I have no idea what to expect with this team, and I don't think a lot of people do. Uh, A lot of it is contingent on Klay Thompson's health and his ability to rejoin the team. And my biggest fear is that he rejoins them too quickly and gets injured again which, if that happens, we might be looking at his career being over.
0: It would be devastating.
1: Like, you can only suffer so many catastrophic injuries, and he's kind of going down a Derrick Rose path here where he had the torn Achilles, he had the torn uh, ACL, and if something else major happens, it's almost time to start saying, all right, maybe this guy's body is just not going to hold up. And beyond that, my main question is, if the Warriors struggle, do people start calling for Steve Kerr's head? Because there seemed to be some of that already last year. And then finally... It's also a weird combo of kind of the staples of this Warriors team with Draymond and and Steph Curry and Clay once he comes back. But then with young guys infused in that who there are a lot of high expectations around. So I feel like there's a lot of potential for drama in
0: the Bay. 100%. The the draft things and the draft picks is certainly a big question because the thought was, are they going to even pick these players? Are they just going to try to pick people and then trade them? Or are you going to go fully win now? Or are you going to try to have a hybrid thing where you're good now and good in the future? People will certainly look back with hindsight 2020 if the people they've drafted don't pan out to be good players or good players worth trading to other teams mm-hmm. that could get them mm-hmm. veterans in return. I feel like people will be very upset as well. So, yeah, a good pick. Number six, I will be taking the New Orleans Pelicans. Hmm. And the note that I have here is just they keep messing up. They just keep messing up. They have continued to bungle stuff throughout their entire tenure. They did it in the Anthony Davis era. They seem to be doing it now in the Zion era where they're just struggling to put a team around him. The Lonzo sign and trade made no sense to me. I'm glad that your Bulls now have Lonzo, but like you would think they would just want to bring him back. He's a good player. I don't understand the reason to sign and trade. I didn't really understand the Steven Adams signing in the first place, but then to trade him for Jonas Valanciunas and then to give him a contract extension before he even plays a single game for them seems very strange to me and there's all the rumblings of Zion not necessarily wanting to stick around by the time his first contract is coming up and he might want to escape to greener pastures I don't know maybe in New York City but (laughs) uh, I think if they don't put a good team around him he gets so much money from his Jordan deal and other sorts of Branding Mm -hmm. stuff that he could do an unprecedented thing that I don't know the last big rookie to do this, where you can turn down a contract extension from your first team where you lose out a lot of money. You accept something called the qualifying offer where you make a smaller amount of money so that the next year you can sign whatever contract you want with whatever team you want. And no player has really done this because the price difference is so significant. But if he's getting so much money from other stuff, he might say, I don't really care. I don't want to play for this bad team. So it could happen. So because the Pelicans keep screwing stuff up, they've gone through like three coaches in the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. It'll uh, it'll be interesting. And I feel like just because Zion is such a big name that people like to watch and ESPN likes to talk about that even the smallest bit of drama will just get magnified because he's such a recognizable face in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I think all of that logic is sound. Um, I mean, as far as the Lonzo sign and trade, I guess the logic is perhaps he didn't want to be there. I'm not sure if he said that publicly, but obviously the idea with a sign and trade uh, for anyone unfamiliar is that You as the team who currently has that player, you are allowed to offer more money than any other team could. Mm -hmm. So basically you sign a player to the largest deal that they can get, knowing that you're going to trade them. And then you're actually getting assets in exchange for them rather than them just going to another team in free agency and you not getting anything in exchange. But yeah, I, I think that's a good point about Zion. I believe he was someone like LeBron James, who like before he even played a game in the NBA had a in terms of millions of dollars deal with mm-hmm. Nike, uh, especially the ones that don't explode in the middle of games while he's wearing them. Uh, but yeah, you heard of here first, everybody. Uh, Zion would be a good fit in New York. Uh, Mike Schubert predicts Zion Williams to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. That's not New York, though. That's Brooklyn. Oh, right, right. <laughs> he's going to sign with the Staten Island expansion team. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Staten Island Nets or the Westchester
0: Knicks, one of the two G League teams. <laughs>
1: All right, so where to go here? Interesting. I'm going to go to the other side of Los Angeles and go with the LA Clippers. Wow. Okay. Really? You're not you're not sensing any drama there? I had
0: them 20th, but Woo! I'm excited to see what you have here.
1: I don't know, man. I just think that the Clippers are always in like little brother mode when it comes to the Lakers, even if they're a better team. Mm-hmm. I feel like that always uh, becomes an issue. And the biggest question for the Clippers is who fills the void left by Kawhi Leonard's partially torn mm-hmm. ACL that will sideline him most of the season? Like in the playoffs it was Reggie Jackson, do we see that again? I
0: surely hope so cuz he's on my fantasy team. Right.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, and and I mean I think that was a that was a good pick, but I think the Clippers are like a lot of other teams that I would put in this category of like shit or get off the pot mode where it's like, is this team (laughs) and is this collection of players going to win? And if not, how pissed off are fans going to be? And I I do feel like they're kind of going to be back to playing in the shadow of the Lakers, uh, especially now that Kawhi is out. Um, And I could just see there being some some unrest, whether it comes from Paul George, whether it comes from people vying to kind of be that number two in that system. uh, So that that was why I chose the the Clippers.
0: For sure. I think there still will be some drama. I I guess I more think of the fan base may be having lower expectations because they can just point to, oh, Kawhi's not here. That makes sense, yeah. But I still had them in the, you know, they were above the bottom third because, yeah, I mean, they do have to stay afloat until Kawhi returns. They're going to want to be somewhere in that 6 to 10 range They want to make the playoffs so that hopefully Kawhi can come back for the playoffs. So if they miss it entirely, that would be disappointing because they still should have a good team around Kawhi. And I think people will be very upset at Paul George if he's not able to buoy them into the playoffs. Right. So for number eight, I will be picking the Dallas Mavericks. There are two big reasons here. First, they've got a new coach in Jason Kidd, who is not a good dude, but also not a good coach. He's had two (laughs) previous coaching jobs, and he was horrible both times. So not great. That's going to be a whole interesting thing because they got rid of Rick Carlisle, even though Rick Carlisle, you can't fire me. I quit. Moted them. But still, you're going from highly respected Coach who's been with that organization for years upon years, and now you're going with this new coach, and if it doesn't work well, that's going to be rough. And then also there is the lingering Chris Stapps-Porzinga stuff. Even my ill feelings towards Chris Tapps aside, the whole purpose of that trade was to find a number two for Luka Doncic, who's very Mm -hmm. good at basketball. And if you do all this stuff where you trade away a bunch of stuff and picks and then immediately sign someone to a big max, I don't think it's as big as possible, but as big as Chris Epps was allowed to get at the time, you commit a lot of money over five years to this dude. And if he's not the second best player in your team, that's rough. And then it's hard to build a good team around your star in Luka. And it's hard to trade KP if you want to get him out the door because no one wants to take on the contract. So I think that there could. Would be upset feelings by the fans if the new coach doesn't pan out if this player that we've been paying a lot of money to doesn't pan out and mm-hmm. i don't think luca is going to necessarily go anywhere i don't think it's huge dame concerns of get me out of here, but he could be very grumpy and not necessarily force a trade out, but kind of say, I need better players. And then they might do a drastic thing where, you know, you trade a whole bunch of draft picks. You completely mortgage the future to try to get someone else. So I think that could make the Mavs dramatic.
1: I genuinely don't understand why Jason Kitt keeps getting jobs. I don't understand.
0: It. I don't get it either. It's very On frustrating. Any level, I really don't understand. It. No. It's strange.
1: Uh, Moving along, I guess this is the ninth pick. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. All right, all right. You know, Victor Oladipo had already been traded there at the end of last year. He doesn't appear to be the player that he once was. Now, the the Heat also have Kyle Lowry. I'm very interested to see how he and and Oladipo being back for a full season fit into the puzzle with Jimmy Butler. And I also feel like if Tyler Hero disappoints, like, does he fall out of favor and fall out of the rotation? Will Udonis Haslam ever retire? That's... That's another question that I have. And the, the Heat added, I, I think their best acquisition of the offseason was adding P.J. Tucker. But P.J. Tucker is a very intense dude. Most people remember him from being part of the championship Bucks team. Um, I think he'll be a good influence there and kind of like the new Udonis Haslam to, to pass the torch to. New Donis Haslam, if you will. New Donis Haslam, yes. I certainly will. But I can also see P.J. Tucker being someone who gets pretty chippy with his teammates if they don't play up to their potential. You know, the Heat were a team that surprised everyone to get to the finals a couple of years ago in the bubble. We're not nearly that good in the playoffs last year. And this is going to be, I think, kind of a crucial year in Miami.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tyler Hero has a lot to prove. He also recently got some interesting chest tattoos, one of which goes across his chest under his neckline that says, no work, no check in red. Mm -hmm. So if he does not work hard, I do not think he will get that check in a big contract. That's interesting because Kyrie Irving just got a
1: tattoo that said, no shot, no check.
0: So, I mean, if you're going to get a tattoo like that, I mean, yes, it's covered by the jersey, but I would hope you back it up. But
1: I would hope so, too.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectations, especially because, you know, flashback to a year ago, the thought was, do we want to trade Tyler Hero for James Harden or is he going to be too good? Is it worth keeping this young guy? And now we're in a very different place. So that could age very, very poorly and people could be very upset. Let me ask you this.
1: Which rap song based on the name of an NBA player who plays in Florida do you prefer? Tyler Hero by Jack Harlow or Mo Bamba by Sheck Wes?
0: I think Mo Bamba. I haven't listened to the Tyler Hero one as much. I do think the Mombama one is funny because he has not played a lot of basketball and he's on the Orlando Magic. Like that, I know he did it because Mo's his friend, so that's pretty cool, but it is wild to not be a premier player in the league and have a song about you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny if there was like a rap song called like Eric Dampier. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. All right, so the number 10 pick, I'm going to pick the Washington Wizards, and it's all because of Bradley Beal for multiple reasons. First, he's not vaccinated and is very public about it. That's just not a smart decision, and then especially if he gets COVID, it's going to be like, well, you goof, look what you should have done. Like my beloved Anthony Rizzo, baseball referencing, ding, 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 ding. ding. Uh, you mean uh, Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees most recently? Yeah, unvaccinated <laughs> Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees. Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy about that either, but Bradley Beal, not just the covet stuff if the wizards aren't good even though he has said time and time and again he wants to stick with the wizards maybe it's finally the time where he says actually get me out of here and the wizards trade him away and look to rebuild there are a lot of teams that would be very interested in his services and would certainly want to trade a lot to the wizards to get him because he is the perfect player to just drop into a contending team because he's very good at shooting and that always translates so if the wizards aren't good off the jump that could get to a point where they want to trade him. And just like with the Dame and the Blazers stuff, anytime you're trading a star, it is incredibly dramatic.
1: Yeah, I remember last year there being a lot of rumblings about the Wizards potentially trading Beal. And one of the bigger rumors was actually that they might trade him to the Bulls because there's a connection with the Bulls head coach, Billy Donovan, who coached uh, Beal in college at the University of Florida. Uh, Obviously, Mm. that, that did not happen. But yeah, it's an interesting question. If you look at that roster, it's like, who helps Beale pick up the slack? Is it Spencer Dinwiddie? Is it KCP? Is, is like Denny Avdia actually any good? Like there doesn't really seem to be a clear person to be the Robin to his Batman. And I feel like that's never a good thing. Kyle Kuzma is in shambles. Oh God. <laughs> oh, Kuz. All right, here we go. Next pick, the Phoenix Suns. Ooh, a good pick. I think there's always a lot of drama to be had for the team that Finish second the year before. Mm -hmm. Because when you're that close, people come into that season being like, all right, we were right there. All we need to do is just do what we did last year, get back to where we were, and then actually close it out this time. But that is not an easy thing to do. It is not easy to get to the finals. It's not even easy to get to the playoffs, especially in the West. There's also this trend, and I was reading something about it in an article on The Athletic, where when Chris Paul goes to a new team, the first year he's there, they're great. And then like something happens the next year and it's not his fault, Ah. but it it was very interesting to read. Like somehow like the Chris Paul effect only like lasts for a a certain period of time. (laughs) Um, The other thing is that DeAndre Ayton did not get a contract extension and he really wanted Mm -hmm. one. And arguably he deserved one, perhaps not at the amount he would have wanted, but it could really go either way. This could be a season where he goes out and just sets the world on fire and is like, how dare you not give me the contract I deserve? Now I'm going to shove it down your throats and make you give me all the money in the world. Or he could be very unhappy and start making requests and not want to be playing the kind of minutes knowing that he is going into a contract year. So I feel Mm -hmm. like both with huge expectations uh, and the DeAndre Ayton situation, um, I I could see that being problematic for them.
0: Well said, well said. Number 12, I'm going to pick the Utah Jazz for similar reasons in that they have high expectations. They were the number one seed Uh, at least in the West I'm not sure I think it was overall I think they had the best record in the whole league and then they took a big old poop in the playoffs Mm -hmm. they have now had back to back years of incredibly good regular seasons and then very disappointing playoff runs if that happens a third time you're going to shake stuff up. And they've already kind of shaken some things up in the front office of the team in that they've brought on Dwayne Wade to be a part owner, but he's also influencing basketball decisions in that the G League team signed his son to a contract who is not necessarily a top rated prospect. <laughs> but of course, when you're Dwayne Wade's kid, that's going to happen. So I think with the new semi-ownership of Dwayne Wade in the mix, plus just you can't have a third year like this, it's just one of those situations where if you run the same thing back multiple times and the same thing keeps happening, you got to try somebody. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, people are going to get upset and want to force their way out. So and not just regular playoff struggles. We're talking losing after being up three one. We're talking losing Mm -hmm. to the Clippers in back to back games when Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing just really, really tough stuff. So I think the Jazz are going to be on the hot seat if they don't do really well. In addition to that, I mean, one of the things we've talked about
1: pertaining to Shaq being kind of a hater is this notion that like Donovan Mitchell is not someone who's good enough to be the guy on a team. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but if they continue to not get over the hump in the playoffs, it does become a storyline. And I've also heard, and I don't know if you've read much about this, that Rudy Gobert is not always thought of as the best teammate in the sense that he can be kind of selfish. He apparently like after becoming an all-star specifically was like, I want more touches. Like I'm an all-star, give me the ball more. So if you have someone on your team who's very individually focused or focused on stats and that sort of thing, I feel like that can be uh, an issue as well. And as we all know, there was some strife with the whole, you know, touching all the microphone situation. (laughs) I I know that Donovan Mitchell specifically was like very unhappy with him. And that was a bit of a storyline going into the bubble. So this has been brewing for a couple of years now. Totally. Um, I'm going to jump from there to a team that I kind of look at as like the East's jazz, uh, the Boston Celtics, Mm -hmm. who have now shaken up their coaching position. Uh, Brad Stevens is out. Uh, although he is remaining there in a like GM position or whatever he's doing. But they are a team who people have had high expectations for and just can't seem to get over the hump in the playoffs. So I think that could turn on them pretty quickly, especially with a new coach in place, if they're not playing very well. As you are well aware, they are 0 and one because your beloved New York Knicks beat them in double overtime last night. Yeah, baby! And uh, yeah, I I think There's no reason to believe that Jason Tatum won't continue to get better. Like I think he'll have a very good season, Uh, and they certainly have some other pieces in place. But just from the standpoint of if they're another first-round exit this year or even second round, I feel like there are going to be even more changes that need to be made because... A lot of times when you're in that position, they do exactly what they did coming into this year, which is like, all right, well, we're getting to a certain point, but we're not getting beyond that. So like, maybe it's the coaching, but if you change the coach and then the same result
0: happens, then it's clearly more of a personnel issue. Yep, for sure. I agree. I had the exact same things written down. So for 14, I'm going to pick the Sacramento Kings. They have some young players. They don't necessarily have high expectations, but I think if you have another year of not sneaking into the playoffs, and especially now that there is the play-in tournament, I think if they don't get into the play-in in in any way, shape, or form, that'll just be very disappointing and they might start shaking up some stuff, whether that is personnel, front office, players, whatever it is. The other element of drama that is very recent, this didn't come out until a couple hours before tip-off of the first game, is that Marvin Bagley, who was a draft pick that was famously taken while Luka Doncic was still on the board, so the Kings could have had Luka Doncic on their team, they picked up Marvin Bagley the third, and he had a great college career at Duke, not so great of an NBA career, and he's been, you know, struggling a little bit, sometimes getting minutes, sometimes not getting minutes, and the Kings apparently informed him that he is not going to be a part of their rotation, so Whoa. just like not planning on playing him, which is wild. His agent put out a press statement expressing frustration at this because apparently there were offers for Bagley on the table around the trade deadline last season, and they wanted to get out of Sacramento because he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. And the Kings said, no, we've rejected all these trades because we weren't getting enough value in return. Well, if you're just not going to play the guy at all, why did you hold on to him? Why didn't you try to trade him before the offseason? Yeah, that's shitty. So that could be a very dramatic situation. Bagley has been very upset with the Kings. I think his dad is very vocal on either mm. Twitter or in the world about it as well. I'm
1: going to assume his name is Bagley the <laughs> Second.
0: Yeah, I, I would assume. Uh, but I know that that's some other drama there. So uh, mm. in addition to just wanting them to finally make the playoffs after the long extended drought that they've had, there's the whole Bagley stuff too. All right, with my
1: next pick, uh, and I do apologize for stealing this from you, I'm going to go with the New York Knicks.
0: Oh, I had them 30th because oh, there's no drama on. in New York, baby. We got no drama. It's great. It's so a, full it's, of shit. It, it's all, we're playing all the house money, baby. Everything's house money. We got Kemba Walker in a house money contract. Everything's house money. You had them last? 30th,
1: baby. Oh, my Absolutely. Gosh. 30th <laughs> okay let me explain why you're wrong the new york knicks right i am I, we're recording this uh, about an hour after shoob's just posted from the horse account i believe <laughs> a video of people after last night's knicks game my personal account i wouldn't do that t- to the podcast it is a video after last night's knicks uh opening night double overtime victory over the Celtics, and people are losing their freaking minds. Mm -hmm. I actually think you should uh, repost this from the Horse account because we're referring to it or we'll put it on the episode page, but people are going absolutely nuts. And what that means to me, when people are celebrating a four-point win in double overtime on opening night and going absolutely bonkers, is that expectations are high for this team. And when expectations are high, if people don't live up to those expectations, there is trouble to be had. Julius Randle, also someone who, very good player, had an incredible season last year, not so good in the playoffs. And if those playoff woes bleed into the regular season especially with the money that he's making there are going to be a lot of Knicks fans who are really shitty to Julius Randle and whether they're shitty to him at the game or whether it's the New York Post writing terrible things about him in the paper you know what it's like to be a New York sports team and all of the drama that comes with that just because of being the New York Knicks I I hope for your sake and for basketball's sake that they are 30th in the league in drama but I would be very surprised if there's no drama with this Knicks team at some point.
0: Here's what I will say. I will point to a video from that same account. They also had a video where people are just celebrating just being above 500 going into the All-Star break. People are just as excited. And you heard people yelling, calling for a championship, but specifically they said 2022. So even in the 2020-21 season where we're doing well, the fans are saying like, we'll be great in the future. So I think the fans because we were so bad for so long, they will be a little bit more patient. I do I do think there could be some drama around some of our big moves like we were paying Evan Fournier a lot of money. People question that decision. He had a great first game, but if he's not good, I think people will be upset. I think the Julius Randle thing could be valid. If he ended up being just as bad as he was in the playoffs throughout the regular season, mm-hmm. especially cuz we did give him a big contract extension. I feel like as long as we make the playoffs, even if it's the play I feel like everything will be okay. Um, I do think the stakes will be very high for next year. I think that the way it kind of works is like you get your like, oh, surprising, like, wow, can't believe we're this good season. You have a next year of like, yeah, we should be okay. And then if the year after we're not making strides, I think there could be some frustrations.
1: Let me give you one other reason why I put the Knicks this high. From experience, Tom Thibodeau is the kind of coach who when things are going well, It's the best thing in the world. Mm -hmm. When things are not going well, players start to turn on him.
0: Okay. Because he
1: is very intense. He expects a lot from his players. He rides people really hard. And I do think he's gotten a bit better at that over the years, probably because he's been told by higher level people like, hey, you can't play people 48 minutes every (laughs) game. But... I have seen from experience that when that goes sour, it can happen pretty quickly. And I do think that there's a world in which the Knicks are underachieving and we're at the all-star break and they're under 500 and the locker room starts to turn on Tibbs and then that can be a Big problem for them.
0: Sure. Okay. I mean, I think it's valid, but uh I, I think I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna be just fine. But I've been burned so many times by the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> so number sixteen, purely out of spite, I will be taking the Chicago Bulls. Um I had the number I had the
1: number thirty two. <laughs>
0: I expanded the league. <laughs> so the Bulls, I it's you've you've basically leveraged the future for this team. Not a hundred percent completely, like not as dramatically as the Nets and the Lakers have, but you've given up a fair amount of picks and some young guys to get DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic, Levine, and made some nice signings, I think, in Caruso and stuff like that. Not as many high expectations there. The Lonzo sign and trade, I think, was smart, but it's just anytime you make a lot of moves in short succession, if the team doesn't do well, it's going to be the frustration of what was the whole point of trading the picks and the players and all that. Mm-hmm. and I think that this team is all in on offense and not on defense, and sometimes that works out and it doesn't matter. I, I think that that could be upsetting if they aren't one of the one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference because you don't want to go through a lot of effort to just be okay. When you make these kind of moves, you're doing it to win.
1: I think all of that's fair. Uh, the counterpoint that I would have to that is that the Bulls are this year kind of in the position the Knicks were last year, where certainly the Bulls have higher expectations going into this season than the Knicks did last year. But I I genuinely think that Bulls fans have been through so many horrible teams since the Derrick Rose era, that I I will say we, I'm gonna use we, we are just Mm -hmm. really excited to have an exciting, competent team on the floor, also led by a competent coach in Billy Donovan, who's not Jim Boylan or Fred Hoibergs or any of those people that Mm -hmm. we've had to watch over the past decade. And just from like being in, the Bulls' Twitter sphere. People are really excited about this team. And sure, if they come out of the gate and they're like one and six, there's gonna be some unrest. No one's expecting this team to win a championship. But I, I think that yeah. as long as they, to your point, are like a playoff team, even if they're in the play-in tournament, I think people will still be happy that they're actually relevant again. Because Chicago, as much as Chicago is a great sports town in general, Chicago is a basketball town. Like The, the Bulls culturally in the world are so significant because of the 90s Bulls. And that has very much lasted in Chicago where like people come out to the United Center even when that team is trash. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the Knicks always pack the garden.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think you have a chance to be good, but I just think anytime you make a lot of moves, if, if it doesn't pan out, it's, it can lead to some unrest. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking Bulls.
1: Um, I am going to go with the Indiana Pacers next.
0: Mm, Nice. I had them 18th. This is the 17th pick. So yeah, we're of like mind. So my issue with
1: the Pacers, they're always like a competent team. We talked to our guest, Megan Gailey about this. Like they're, they're very rarely like a, a, you know, seller dweller sort of team. The thing with the Pacers to me is that they have a lot of depth, but sometimes that's not such a good thing because it's not clear who your number one is. So, like, mm-hmm. who who gets the last shot? Is it Brogdon? Is it Karis Levert? Like, I just don't really see who the guy on that team is. And I don't know if you can make... A really good team out of a bunch of like spare parts. That's kind of where I see there being drama on this team
0: for sure. They also, for multiple years, had this issue of having Miles Turner and Sabonis, these two big men who don't seem to mesh well together, but they've Mm -hmm. stuck them together for the past couple years. I think if they're not good, they're going to trade one of those guys, probably Turner. But I think they tried to trade Turner in the past, and no one really wanted him, so it's kind of hard. I agree. There's only so many years that you can just be middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. Last year they had all this drama where they. They had a coach they fired the coach he then went to the Hawks and had great success and now they've brought in Rick Carlisle this year so that's even more expectations there so I agree if, if they just kind of stay the course and, and don't really improve they're going to want to shake something up yeah All right, 18th, I'm going to pick the Minnesota Timberwolves for an almost identical reason to the Pacers. If they don't at least show a step up of improvement, you might get a Kevin Garnett situation with Carl Anthony Towns where he's wondering, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Get me out of here. But I don't think that will be the case. Anthony Edwards seems to be the real deal. But if something happens there and they just can't put wins together, that could be dramatic just because Carl Anthony Towns is such a big name that... If it gets to a point where he's frustrated, that will have big ripple effects.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my next pick is going to be the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Um, my reasoning for this really is, is just one component, which is Jamal Murray, right? So mm-hmm. as it is currently constituted, The expectations that Jamal Murray may or may not return for some part of the regular season. Uh, We talk about this on our bonus uh, Patreon content where we discuss the draft because you picked Jamal Murray in the draft, correct? Yes, I did. And the thought process was like, we don't know when he's coming back, but it's possible that he may come back for like the last month or last few weeks of the regular season to tune up for the playoffs. Here's where I see there being some potential drama. Uh, And this is also speaking from experience with Derek Rose. I remember there being a time where Rose, it was officially announced that he had been medically cleared to return, but he didn't feel comfortable doing so yet because he wanted to be cautious and fans were all over him. And what I'm worried about here is if the Nuggets are in a position where they're either fighting for really important seating, or let's say because of not having Murray the whole season, they're fighting to stay out of the play-in tournament and he is cleared to play medically, but either he or the team don't want to take that risk coming down the stretch of the regular season. I could see fans being upset at that mm-hmm. and not understanding that they're trying to play the long game and have him actually be available for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's similar to the Clippers. The, the Nuggets should be good enough to stay afloat until he comes back. Mm-hmm. and if They aren't. That'll be frustrating, especially because they just gave Aaron Gordon a contract extension. They did the same for Michael Porter Jr. So if these dudes that you're paying a lot of money to keep your team decent middle of the pack playoff until Jamal Murray returns... People will be upset as well.
1: And that seems to be kind of a common storyline for multiple teams because just in this episode, we've talked about the Nuggets are in that position waiting for Murray to come back. The Warriors are waiting for Thompson to come back. The Clippers are waiting for Kawhi to come back. The Nets are waiting mm-hmm. for Kyrie to come back for other reasons. It's going to be very interesting how this plays out. And one thing that actually excites me about that is that I think there's going to be a number of situations where the seeding is not really reflective of how good teams are once we get to the playoffs. And we might have a team like the Nuggets, who all of a sudden gets Jamal Murray back for the playoffs, who's like a six seed and then you're going to kind of feel bad for the number three team because they're getting a much better team than that record would reflect
0: yep it's going to be interesting could it result in late season losing games on purpose to try to mm. drop a seed so you don't play a team who's six in quotation marks it could be spicy number 20 i'm going to pick the Cavs, so they don't really have any expectations to be good of course you want to see some signs of improvement. But Kevin Love is a grumpy boy about being in Cleveland. I don't know if he's on the last year of his deal yet. I think he is. There were frustrations in the offseason about trying to do a buyout, him not wanting to give up a lot of his money because when you buy out your contract with the team usually you take a little bit less for the team to relinquish your restriction that you have to play for them he doesn't seem like he wants to do that he wanted the buyout to be all of his money and let me get out of here there's also colin sexton who is a young player on their team who would have been able to get a extension i don't think he was offered the money that he wanted the Cavs just kind of seem uninterested in him because they have darius garland who plays a similar position but seems to be but seems to be a more winning basketball player where sexton puts up very flashy numbers but it doesn't doesn't always translate to team success so i think just because you have two people on weird maybe gonna trade them situations that could lead to some drama for the Cavs.
1: yeah and they also have other pretty competent veterans besides kevin love like they've got ricky rubio they've got Jarrett allen and if the Cavs are bad which i think everybody expects they will be are those guys going to want out as well or are they just fine to kind of collect a paycheck and go out there and try their best on a really bad team and also uh, the Cavs have Lowry Markinen, who I, I don't consider to be like a drama-filled player, but he was not happy in Chicago. And if mm-hmm. he's not happy with his role in Cleveland, I, I feel like that could play into it as well. For sure. Uh, next up, I'm going to go with the Detroit Pistons. Um, mm. One of the reasons I'm going with them is that towards the end of the season last year, uh, and perhaps understandably because they were not a good team, there were a lot of people who were very upset with the uh, Jeremy Grant Load management mm-hmm. issues. Uh he was basically playing like once every three games. I don't think that'll be a problem, but if that is a thing down the stretch again, I think people are gonna be annoyed because it's like, what are we saving him for? Like, let's just see what right. he can do over the course of a full season. Uh the Pistons also had the top pick in the draft in Cade Cunningham. And as always, there are high expectations. And if Cade either is injured, which he is right now, but he's supposed to be coming back soon, uh, if he's either injured uh, or injury prone, or just doesn't play that well, I feel like that always leads to a lot of
0: disappointment. Yeah, if you take the number one guy and he doesn't prove to be the best rookie, they're going to Monday morning quarterback and think you should have taken the other guy. So Exactly,
1: if... and that's the other thing. The the inherent risk with having the number one pick is that there are going to be other really good players in that draft. Mm-hmm. And if those players are noticeably better than the person you took at number one, it, it just looks bad.
0: Right, for sure. I think the Pistons have a bit of cover in that Cade Cunningham was widely seen as the best player to pick. Sure. But if Jalen Green on the Rockets Turns out to be better The number two pick People will be upset That they didn't take him instead
1: Yeah Or Jalen Suggs Another Jalen Who's supposed to be very good
0: On the magic Yeah so number 22, I'm going to take the Raptors because they currently have Goran Dragic who does not want to be on the team, but not in a Ben Simmons way. He seems like he's going to play and try to at least showcase his talents, but he's made it very clear that he doesn't see himself playing for this team long term. So that can always come with some drama. And then they have had Kyle Lowry on the team for so long. He was such a mainstay mm-hmm. and he wanted to go to Miami. So that's always going to be, oh, I wish we had Kyle Lowry. Does Fred Van Vliet step up, which I think he can do. And I hope he does because he's on my fantasy team. They also did a similar trade where they had Norman Powell. They traded him for Gary Trent Jr. in just like a one-for-one swap, but it was basically a contract move of we would rather pay a younger player less amount of money as opposed to Norman Powell a larger amount of money that he is deserved and then they're they're back in Toronto. People liked to write off their poor season last year they tried to attribute it to the fact that they're playing in Tampa, which I think is valid, but if they are also underwhelming this year, you're not going to have as many things to point to and that right. could be frustrating. People were super mad at Pascal Siakam last year cuz he didn't play very well. You kind of will hope that that would just be a one-year blip on the radar, but if he has another bad year, he they gave him a lot of money after that really good finals run mm-hmm. and I think he earned that contract. But if he is underperforming for a second year in a row, it's not going to be great. The fans are going to be upset.
1: Yeah. Um, my next pick is going to be the Houston Rockets for very Ooh. similar reasons to why you pick the Cavaliers. I, I just feel like the Rockets are a fairly rudderless team with very low expectations and a star player in John Wall, who probably is not
0: going to be super thrilled mm-hmm. to be there. Um I don't think he's going to play unless he gets traded. There were musings about him, you know, agreeing that he would rather just train with the team but not actually play minutes cuz they just want to play young guys.
1: Yeah. So, it's really just about John Wall. I mean, the the Rockets are, are they're going to be very bad.
0: Yes, they they are. I don't think they have expectations. They have their own picks, so they're going to try to be bad, but I think there could be drama similar to what you said with Jeremy Grant. Christian Wood got sat for a lot of games last year. He was hurt, but then it was supposed to be a two to four week injury and they sat him for like seven weeks so I think yeah. if if that happens to him again he might be really upset that He's not playing basketball professionally. So mm-hmm. I think that, that could be frustrating. Uh, number 24, I'm picking the Spurs just because it is going to be the final years of Pop's coaching tenure. They are reporting that he'll probably coach for another two to three ish years, and they're going to try to find a successor. Is that Becky Hammond? Does she get impatient and go to another organization? Are they going to hire someone else? Uh, I think just the drama around what happens next, because he's been such a huge part of their organization, not just... Just his coaching, but just being synonymous with the Spurs. I think that there could be drama if something comes up where. Their Spurs are bad. People want him out sooner. They're they're afraid that, you know, every year someone from the Spurs staff goes to be a head coach somewhere else. Right. So are they mad that, you know, one of these people that's leaving could have been our head coach. So mm-hmm. if that happens again, people might be upset.
1: Even though he is far more likable than Bill Belichick, it is kind of a similar thing. Like you'll yes. see in, in football a lot, like people who were on the Patriots coaching staff go off to have great success elsewhere. And at least in terms of stoicism. Belichick and uh, and Popovich certainly have that in common in terms of just like <laughs> not suffering fools gladly and not particularly enjoying being interviewed. With Popovich, I think he does it more tongue in cheek, and he knows that that's like kind of his shtick. Mm-hmm. Belichick, I just think is probably an asshole. Yep, agreed. I mean, is there any player in the NBA or anyone affiliated with the NBA who doesn't have an enormous amount of respect for Greg Popovich? I don't think so. He's about as easy a Hall of Famer as you could have. Right, for sure. Um, My next pick is going to be the reigning champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't expect a lot of drama, but as always, the championship hangover can be a real thing. You get a lot of goodwill if you win a championship, but there's also extremely high expectations to stay at that level. Yeah. I think this group will be just fine and should probably coast to another top two finish in the East, probably number one uh, pending the the Nets situation, especially with Giannis' new and improved jumper, if that's something that translates from preseason into the regular season. Because I've seen comparison videos, and, and I can try to find this to post on the episode page. Like, it looks like he spent a lot of time on that jumper in the offseason. He's developed mm-hmm. like a step back that he didn't have before, which is just incredibly frightening for anybody else in the league. But if they come out flat, Uh, Do they lose confidence? I don't think so. But I I do think it's possible that they're just exhausted because that kind of playoff run and then all of the press and everything that goes with it is pretty draining.
0: Yeah, I had them pretty low because I feel like... Even though they won the championship, everyone expected the Nets just to be better than them because they would think, oh, all three guys are healthy now. This is before all the Kyrie stuff. Mm-hmm. They should be better than them. So weirdly, the Bucs are underrated, which is absurd for a team that just won the title. Yeah, so- <laughs> well, I mean,
1: but in fairness, uh, if not for injuries, the Nets probably do beat them last year. And if not for... Kevin Durant having a large toe that was on the three-point line. Who knows what happens in that game?
0: It is Durant's fault for wearing shoes that are intentionally one size too big, which is widely reported. He intentionally wears shoes that are too big because he likes having slidey room, I guess. I don't know, but like it came to bite you in the foot. Guess
1: who just got some new basketball shoes?
0: Ooh, uh, you. Uh, Yep. It would be
1: weird if it was like, no, Kevin Durant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I assume he has new shoes whenever he wants them. Exactly. I got some
0: Nike Zoom Ascension Ooh, basketball shoes. That's very have you heard nice. of that. I have I have heard of them, but I've never played in them. They're pretty so. swaggy. I'm excited about. Them. I'm excited for you. 26. I'm I'm picking Oklahoma City. Low drama in that they're so young. They have designed their team to be bad on purpose and young on purpose. But if you have another year of just no direction, I think that mm-hmm. people could be upset. And also, what's happening is they keep doing all these trades to get all these picks. And then what's happened in the past two drafts is they have so many picks that they. they. They end up just trading two of them to move up three spots, five spots, something that doesn't seem much worth it. So I think fans could be upset of if none of these guys we're picking are good, what the hell is the point of all these trades that we're doing? If we're being intentionally bad, shouldn't we get something for it? And I think if they show something of, oh, look, this young guy's good, this young guy's good, cool. But if not, people could be grumpy about it.
1: Yeah, I could see that. And I think the only drama that's really to be had in terms of the actual team is like, because they're going to be so bad, anyone not getting minutes is going to be like, why the hell am I not getting minutes? Like we suck. right? So Mm -hmm. I think that probably exists on every team, but I I could see that Mm -hmm. being an issue. Uh, My next pick is going to be the Orlando Magic. Um, I I don't think there's gonna be much drama there. And and to be honest with you, I actually think they could be a team that surprises some people. Like Cole Anthony is better than people realize. Uh, I do think Mo Bamba is, is finally gonna live up to having a rap song named after him. He, he was <laughs> He's like low key been pretty impressive and putting up good numbers. Um, he was somebody that I saw on a lot of lists of like, good sleeper picks and fantasy drafts. Like, I think he's going to be more of a mainstay in that rotation. Um, I also think that Wendell Carter uh, from the Bulls in that Vucevic trade is a much better fit there than he was in Chicago and put up the numbers to reflect that. I I guess the only potential drama is like, how good is Jalen Suggs? Because the the Magic Mm -hmm. had a very... High pick, um, and he might not be happy if he's not in the rotation as much. I actually think that the Magic have a shot at like the play-in tournament. I don't think they're going to be that bad of a team.
0: No, I think they do. I also think drama. Jonathan Isaac is very vocal about not being vaccinated Mm. because he's the worst. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I think that that could also lead to to some drama. He's very very public about it. If he misses time, and he's also had unfortunate injury luck where he miss a lot of time. If he misses time because of actively choosing not to be vaccinated, I think fans could be very upset. Right. 28, I'm picking the Grizzlies. Again, I don't think a lot of drama here because the expectations aren't too high, but I do think that if they don't take some sort of step up here, they made the play in last year. I think they were the 10th spot if they don't go above that i think the fans might be a little upset just they we have this young team now jaron jackson jr is back he's not hurt he missed almost all of last year it seems like last year was kind of the last freebie year where i don't think they have high expectations but Mm -hmm. i think if something goes wrong where they're not making the playoffs then i think that could lead to drama but I think they're going to be just fine which is why i had them 28th
1: well with my last pick in the draft um i am going to go with the atlanta hawks Uh, Mm -hmm. i don't see there being a lot of drama there but the main thing is that i think and, and i believe this to be the consensus i think they very much overachieved by getting to the conference finals last year i think a lot of people think that but i would imagine that their fans are like well we did it last year we can do that again Um, And that is not really how basketball works. I think Mm -hmm. that they're going to be like probably a a first round loss, uh, which which maybe is not giving them the respect they deserve. But to me, the Hawks aren't really a contending team in the East. Is Trey going to continue to be as nasty as he was and has been? or does that fall off at any point?
0: Yeah, the only drama I saw here is that they have a lot of guys who play the same positions, so Mm -hmm. you could have frustrations about playing time there, but I think the way they managed their roster was very fluid. I think they're going to be okay. It's similar to the Knicks, where I think they had a bit of a surprising season last year. They were just kind of hoping to get into the playoffs and then they were the fifth seed, so if they aren't securely in the playoffs, I think people could be upset, especially because they gave out some contracts to some players, and like we've been saying, when you pay a guy a lot of money, if he's not good, the fans are wondering why are we paying this guy so much money right For the for the last pick, this is a team I had pretty low down on my list. It is the Charlotte Hornets, who it's like a less intense version of the Bulls in that Charlotte showed some signs of life last year. It feels like Lamelo Ball is a legit player, potentially a future superstar, future all star. And I think the Hornets are they're just good. And I think that they are only really looking to make the play in because like some of these other teams we've talked about, they haven't been in the playoffs for a while. So I think them just getting there is what they're hoping for for and I think that they are very much set up to do so so because the expectations aren't super high and the team appears to be quite good I think they'll be fine yeah Well, I got to
1: tell you, that was a hell of a drama draft.
0: It was. So if you are going into the season not knowing what teams to watch or what teams to root for, you could maybe root for the least dramatic team if you don't want to have a lot of stress. The Charlotte Hornets? (laughs) Yeah. Or if you live on the spice, maybe you want to pick a team that's got the most hecticness around them. There's no right answer about what team to root for unless you root for the Celtics. That is the wrong answer. Uh, (laughs) Rooting for a Boston team is always the incorrect choice. Just kidding. If you like the Celtics, but also not really. So. That was the drama draft, and I'm excited to hopefully prove you wrong in the Knicks being 15th. I hope that they end up in my position of 30th, a completely drama-free season. And
1: uh, you all will be happy to know that Shubes and I already have tickets for a Bulls-Knicks game like seven months from now.
0: Let's go, I think the game was like
1: March 28th. Let's go! (laughs) That reminds me, though, before we wrap this up, uh, do we want to make some friendly wagers on both the Bulls and Knicks regular season records and our fantasy standings.
0: Yes, I think we should have. I I, I like bets revolving around food. Whether it okay. is you have to like cook me a meal or buy me a meal or buy me a beer or something. I feel like if we put those types of wagers mm-hmm. on our teams, that would be very fun.
1: How about this? Let me let me pose this to you. On the Bulls Knicks regular season records, mm-hmm. the loser has to cook the other person a meal. Sure, sure, sure. No poisoning allowed, even if you're bitter, Mm -hmm. that you lost. (laughs) Now, for the second bet, which is our fantasy, and this is risky because I I feel like you're good at fantasy and and this could backfire. I feel like the loser has to post a picture on the horse account, Instagram and Twitter, wearing apparel from the other person's team. I like that, that's good, that's a classic. Maybe we should flip-flop it so that it's Yeah,
0: let's go with that. I think Bulls versus Knicks, Whatever team is better, you have to wear the paraphernalia of the other team, Mm -hmm. and of the fantasy, whoever wins has to cook dinner. I like it. Boom. We've got it. Locked it in. Let it be known. What a great way to end the drama draft. We will look back and either laugh or cry, depending on who we are (laughs) in this situation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editor is Misha Stanton. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The website is by Kelly Schubert. The music is by Bettina Campomanes, and the art is by Allison Wakeman. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Adam Hartwick, Salvatore Testa,
1: Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsberg, Shooby Doobie Doo, Godzilla Got Busy, Steph Curry for three.
0: Bang! Fournier <laughs> puts them up three! Oh, what a shot by Fournier!
1: <laughs> he Sells Seashells, LaRon James, Matt Barger, NBA Legend Robert Sacre. No Jazz No Pizza, Eileen Gazesh, Avatar Kyoshi, Don't Go chase Taco Falls, Anna Borgeli, Mitch Chrysler. Bang! Bang! Brown men can jump. Jimmy Butler for two. Long-Suffering Timberwolves fan. Roast Beef Debris. Christ Kate the Conqueror. Basketball is Life 2. Michaela Loves Allison. Ginger Spurs Boy. Denver Steam. Nuggets. And Breezes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops said mean things
0: about the Bulls and the Knicks and we un- ethered them. Unacceptable. Unacceptable.
1: Although, have you noticed that there is a Twitter account that's like at the real horse hoops or there's something have yes. you noticed this you know
0: what i'm talking about uh, yeah i dm them i think it's at why horse hoops got banned there and they it said is that they were going to at some point start tweeting out all of the explanations we give which i think is fantastic
1: that is hilarious i love that so much uh, we are fully in favor of that you have our full endorsement not that you need it or Uh, that it makes any difference, but know that you haven't. Um, (laughs) Go to our website, horsehoops.com for all the info about the show today and some videos of stuff we referred to, including Giannis' new
0: jumper. Yes. And if you want to support the show and get access to some sweet bonus content, whether that is physical stuff like a jersey or a sticker or digital stuff like Adam and I mentioned us talking about our fantasy teams for one hour. Shoobs
1: was like, yeah, 15, 20 minutes should do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then we just got too excited about our pretend teams. But yes, that all lives at patreon.com slash horsehoops. And we're going to click close out this episode as we always do by putting our hands in the middle and saying something on the count of three adam i think as much as we want to argue about which team will be better i think the best case scenario is the knicks and the bulls both reaching the eastern conference finals which Mm -hmm. would be fantastic so i feel like on the count of three we should say and we'll go alphabetical order we can say bulls knicks ecf on the count of three okay i love it all right one two three Three. Bulls, Bulls, Knicks, Knicks ECF. ECF! If it happened, oh my oh my, we'd have to watch every game together.
1: <laughs> we'd either, well, you'd go one of two ways, right? One of my closest friends is a big Mets fan, and we always had a rule that if the Cubs and Mets played each other in the playoff series, we would just not talk at all. Ooh. Because we knew how much <laughs> it would mean to the other person, and we didn't want to compromise our
0: friendship. So we would either watch every game together or no games together. I feel like every game because, it, uh, I feel like the rivalry of the Knicks and the Bulls is not as intense as right. it was. Like, I don't actively hate the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, so. So I think we would be big big adult boys about it and it would all be fun trash talk as opposed to actually like oh no I'm worried about our friendship
1: well and uh, there is certainly potential that the game that we go to six months from now has some serious implications because that's
0: probably like the last two weeks of the season I, yeah I, I have to like readjust my calendar expectations given that we've had COVID stuff but it could be spicy it could be spicy let's hope it's spicy for basketball
1: reasons and not COVID reasons
0: amen